This is Xane Anderson, and welcome to the Principal Podcast today. Today, I am honored to have as my guest, Annie Del Rey, who is a nationally board-certified health and wellness coach, and she's worked with hundreds of clients to help them achieve confidence and wellness and success. Thanks for being on the show with us today, Annie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about you and, and how you got into helping people with time management and stress and things like that. All right, sure, I'd love to. So um, I, don't, I don't have to tell people that you can start being stressed out in high school, even as kids, right? There's plenty of kids that we've met with anxiety. Um, but it wasn't until earning my bachelor's degree that I realized, oh, a- adulthood's pretty hard. Oh my goodness, there's a lot going on. Uh, I was working and going to school and the thing is in society, it's normalized. It's they're like, Oh, you're a student and you work. Of course you're stressed out. Yeah. It's going to be like that. It's going to be like that. Um, and then I got into a master's program and I did the same thing. I worked a lot and I went to school and I was stressed out and I didn't have time management. So I got better at it, thankfully, as I studied it more, but I realized, wow, I'm not alone. I am not alone in this. A lot of people are struggling with this area and how can I make not only my life, but other people's lives easier because there are solutions out there. Yeah. So when we talk about this, um, you know, stress, which you've experienced, I've experienced, I'm sure lots of parents experienced, (laughs) what would be a, a stress management technique or something that you would say, Hey, this is something you can do when you're just feeling a little stressed out. Um, Maybe a lot of stress. Sorry. Maybe a lot of stress, right? A little or a lot. (laughs) Um, Deep breathing is one of them, breathing techniques, but I feel like everyone says that. That's just like, I don't want to say it's over, it's overused because it's a game changer if if utilized and you don't even need to, um, you don't even need to know specific techniques. So it's not like, okay, I have to breathe in four times, breathe out three times, breathe in seven times, breathe, you know, and um, that actually leads my clients to panic more as opposed to um, settling down more. So remembering to breathe, I guess, essentially taking it slower, but another part that may seem simple, but is overlooked is actually asking for help. And it doesn't even need to be a therapist or a coach. You don't even have to spend money on it, but reaching out to family and friends and letting them know you're struggling, just, just being honest. For example, I had a woman who was super stressed out. She was home with her kids all the time. She had zero alone time. And she said sometimes when the kids would nap, she would cry because she was just so exhausted and had no alone time, right? So we worked together. One of the solutions was her and her neighbor swapped kids. So on Tuesdays, the neighbor took the kids for two hours on Thursday, vice versa. Mm. And, but she asked for help. She didn't ask her neighbor for help. They were friends. They were already friends. And she didn't ask for help because she said like, no, I feel the pressure. Who says they want to give their kids away? And I said, well, who says that's giving your kids away? Right. Right, (laughs) Ask me for two hours. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, wow, I love that. I, in, in fact, I got to tell you, I, I spoke with someone recently who was saying that it's this breathing thing that you talked about, it is important. I mean, it actually sends yeah. a message to your brain that, hey, things are okay. Even though I'm feeling a little bit of the stress, it sends a message to say, you know what? I don't need to panic. And you're right. You, you don't need to stress out about like, is it seven breaths or how many seconds perhaps that I'm holding it, but just mm -hmm. deep breathing and then giving yourself permission to have some time alone, whether that's, you know, if you're, if, if perhaps people are married and they have a spouse who could take the kids for a little while and, and where you have a little bit of downtime yeah. to get clear and focus on, on what's important. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Definitely. And, um, to your point of, of bringing up that, uh, sorry, saying alone time again, it doesn't have to be two hours. One mom has, um, has it with her husband that they'll take the kids out for 10 minutes. If one of them's super stressed out, it's may you please just take the kids out for 10 minutes, whether it's walking around the neighborhood, sitting in the, in the backyard, that's it. Sometimes they end up staying out longer, right? I mean, cause if you have a bunch of kids running around after 10 minutes, are you gonna be like, all right, everyone back in. And mm -hmm. like one's in the sand, one already has mud everywhere for whatever it may be, right? Hopefully no one's getting dirty, but um, allowing yours, it's not all or nothing. It's not a two hour chunk or nothing. Same with sure. like reading. You don't have to sit down for an hour. Do five minutes of reading. Right, interesting. Tell us a little bit about time management. Tell us your thoughts on, you know, perhaps one of the things you talk about is managing your time well or developing skills that can help with, you know, your work and personal life. Maybe mm -hmm. talk to us a little bit about that and how that relates to wellness, and stress and things like that. Yeah. I, I think the first step when, when thinking about, when thinking about time management is actually your mindset around it. So uh, specifically the verbiage. So for example, uh, the phrase of work-life balance, that is so commonly used. There's very few people that wouldn't understand what that meant, right? So everyone's reaching for work-life balance, reaching for it, reaching for it. And they're stressed out because it's a myth. It's you, it, there is no balance, essentially. Not that there's zero balance, but changing the word balance to harmony. How can we be harmonious in this? So. For the most part, I've I've worked with hundreds of people and I have never, ever had a parent tell me that they'd want to spend 50% of their time at work and 50% with their family. Never have they said that. Maybe parents like that exist. I'm not here to say no one exists like this, but ideally they're saying things like, no, I want to spend 75% of my time with my kids. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't want to work until 11 p.m. I don't want to start my day at 5 not see my kids and come home at eight, kiss them goodnight as try to give them a bath real quick and put them to bed. Right. So this idea of we're not trying to balance and be a balancing act and stress out about it. We're trying to create harmony, which harmony implies that things work together. They flow together. Well, the music, when it has good harmony sounds <laughs> really good because it's flowing together. It's in different ways. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, that's a really great way to say it. I'm totally stealing that now. Thank you. Okay, okay. using that later. <laughs> well, that's great. So tell us more, how, like, what are your, some ideas about how to achieve this harmony? So let's, we won't use the word work-life balance. Let's use the word harmony. Mm -hmm. How can we achieve this kind of 
what are some ideas about doing that? Uh, so one is getting getting honest about what you want to do with your time. So what what would it look like if you were to break your day up into percentages? How much? What percentage would be work? What percentage would be your physical health? What percentage would be family time? Things such as that, and then trying to see pretty much how off are you from that and acknowledging, okay, well, that's the first step. This is why you are unsettled because you're actually doing the complete opposite. You're spending 75% at work and 25% at home. Um, or you're sharing that you're sleeping for five hours or four hours when you'd like to be sleeping for eight hours. Um, so getting honest about where are you spending your time? Um, a few of my clients are diagnosed with ADHD, um, more than a few. I, I'd say, okay, I'll just say a few, <laughs> are diagnosed with ADHD. And they just share with me how overwhelming it is to plan for the future, that setting dates and like that are is hard, especially because they say they can't remember it. Um, so what I have them do is go backwards, tracking their time. What did you do that day? Um, block it out in your calendar and then see how much time did I waste? How much time was I sleeping? How much time did I spend watching Netflix on the couch? So then when you realize, okay, I said, I don't have time to write my book. I just backtracked my entire week and I spent 15 hours watching Netflix. I guess I could have had those. I guess I could have found one hour to write the book. There you go. Right. <laughs> I think a lot of times, especially in our modern age where we have devices, we're surrounded, we have a you know, phone we carry around, most of us, and we have iPads and we have screens and TVs, laptops, all kinds of things, that it really becomes, to get this harmony, I think sometimes it might be a good thing to just say, hey, I'm going to turn off for a little while. I'm not going to be, in my phone, the people can wait. I don't need to, every Instagram ding or Facebook ding or, or little Facebook thing or any messaging app or whatever it is I have that's continually trying to ping me for my attention. It's okay to put that in a different room, to turn it off so that I can be calm and focused. Because I think, you know, you talk about, you know, people who suffer from ADD, ADHD. Well, I think in some ways, sometimes our, our society almost inspires it because we're so, it's like my, my attention's here, then it's here, then it's here, then it's here. And in some ways, if we could just calm our minds and say, okay, for this hour, it doesn't matter who calls me. I'm going to work on this particular thing. Like you mentioned a book, yes. you know, or I'm going to spend this time with my children. I'm not going to have them worried, you know, dad's on the phone all the time, or dad had something that those people can wait. I'm going to be here with my children. And, and that, in my opinion, putting the devices away so I can focus on one person or one task at a time calmly as you say harmoniously seems like a better option than saying well i've got to carry my device because somebody might instagram feed me i might want to know right this very instant how you know not, let's be honest can't it wait can't most of the stuff that comes in our phone wait i mean there's very few real things that need our pressing attention right this moment they may be important we need to need to address it but does it really have to happen right now while I'm talking to my kid or while I'm trying to write my book or whatever it is, right? A hundred percent. It's one of the first things I tell people to do. Do a digital detox, get off your phone, start doing challenges. How long can you stay off your phone? The average person uses their phone, I think it's like five and a half hours a day. 
wow. and picks it up over 120 times. Right. Do we so, really need to do that? <laughs> uh, just, I'm just, what? <laughs> do you hear my voice? <laughs> um, what? To truly. And like, think back. What What did people do before cell phones? You waited till you got home. You waited till you checked your voicemail. How many emergencies, life or death, happened? And I don't. I don't mean that there's not emergencies. Of course there is. But your uh, your kid getting getting sick at school, of course you'd want to hear as soon as possible. But if you could have waited that 10 minutes to the meeting ended, instead of, um, this is a bad, this is a bad example. Well, I, I, well, I like the example too. Well, okay. maybe go ahead. I was just going to say, or maybe you're spending time with your kids and the person at work can, can wait. You know what I'm saying? That's like, a better, that's a better one. <laughs> I'm sitting there with my children having quality time and somebody at work wants to get my attention. Well, you know what? My child is important. Maybe the, the work call, they'll be okay for 10 minutes while I spend mm, I, childhood's beautiful. not coming back. I can always make money another day, but like right now, my, this childhood, my child who's at this certain age at this certain time, I'll never experience it again. Let me be present here and all the other noise can wait. A hundred percent. Yeah. You just said it so much better. That is a great, that's a great way. Yes. No. And I like what you said too. In some ways, you know, I do want to have my phone. Like you said, like I might want to know if my child's having an issue and I'm in a meeting and maybe I do need to step out of the meeting to prioritize a child, but do I let the, the device rule or am I in control? That's the question, right? Yeah, totally. And what is, what is an emergency? So I'll use the kid example, uh, the kid, I'll use a child example again, but say you trust the school is the is the extra 10 minutes of your kids sitting in the nurse's office going to make or break it? Well, they're in a safe spot. And what would happen? Um, and the reason I say this is because the trouble is dividing attention. So immediately we're stressing ourselves out because if we are checking our phone, that means we're thinking about our phone, we're listening to the meeting in the background or whatever it may be. And we are adding unnecessary stress to our lives because our brains can't keep up. So our bodies start acting as if we're like really in trouble. When, is this a fight or flight thing? Is there a, is there a tiger in front of us gonna jump on us? No, no it's not. You know, and, and going deep, diving a little deeper into this technology piece since we're talking about it. I've heard it's, I've, and I actually understand that a lot of these tech companies, now if you look at big tech companies, social media companies, for example, they don't really produce a, something that you can hold in your hand. They don't produce a car or food or something like that. What, they're, what their job is to do is to get you literally addicted to your phone. <laughs> Yeah. And because if you know, if, if you're, if you're using your phone one hour a day on their app and they can get you to go to two hours a day, well, now they have more that they can sell to advertisers. So they literally, I've heard that they even have scientists there that are literally trying to get you addicted to that, uh, that dopamine hit when you hit, when you hear the next ding or you, who, who texted me or who's trying to get a hold of me on this message app or whatever it is. And by getting you more and more involved with this thing, they're making more money, but are you feeling that harmony, as you say, yeah. than just I'm kind of a slave to this thing that dings me. Can we turn it off? Can we say, I don't, and, and this is scary because they have real scientists. I heard of somebody who was a psychologist who 
who was their job was to try to get you more addicted to that to this thing like even though they're supposed to be doing good things it's like we're going to use psychology for maybe a nefarious purpose to try to get you addicted so that they can sell more ads and and if we realize that 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 we literally have very smart people who are trying to get us addicted to our devices and we're going to have to work very hard to set them down and ignore them and say you know during during these hours i'm not going to touch it so that i can mm -hmm. have more harmony is that does that sound fair is that what you're thinking that's exactly what i do um the i i do little challenges with people because i don't want i don't want them to get too overwhelmed with with all things so when I start working with my clients, I'll say, set a timer for 30 minutes that you're away from your phone. And people think 30 minutes, that's easy, but wait till you start doing it. So the 30 minutes is a challenge I do. Another one is the first and the last hour of your day, no phone. If you practice this, and I'm not exaggerating, I don't want to guarantee, but I promise you it will change your life. No phone, first and last hour of the day it will change your life if you're a person that uses your phone normally in the first and last hour of the day and then the final one uh is a whole day without it a whole weekend day so for example you're a parent with your kids and you have them all day it's safe to say that as long as everyone in your house is safe at that moment it's okay to be off your phone for a day or check it once you know and if right. at the end of the day to confirm um love that yeah those I, I don't i won't say a lot of my clients follow through with it but i'm giving you the answer to truly how to change your life overnight <laughs> and if and if you could really be disciplined you would see how addict like if you have to put it down and you're the whole hour you're thinking i need to get my phone i need to get my phone that's a clear sign that maybe you're addicted to your phone like if you can't go an hour before and after and then then maybe it really is time to say okay i really do need this more like if i'm mm -hmm. i need to put it away more i need to be less attached to this thing that people who are very smart are trying to get me addicted to and i may be addicted and that's a hard thing to admit like i may be addicted to my phone and i need to, to let it go right yeah and if anything people joke about it i'm addicted to my phone but it's like no you literally are like look up maybe. the word addiction and then realize <laughs> what's picking up your phone over 120 times a day is is insanity yeah, what if I, you did anything over 120 times a day sorry <laughs> oh right exactly and you may have to say you know well people say well, i want to sleep next to my phone because i like to have my music or my I, my podcast whatever it is no mm -hmm. maybe you can still put your phone in another room and just buy an eight dollar alarm clock <laughs> to wake That's you up eight dollars this right <laughs> here is eight dollars that's exactly what i say right phone free room it will change your relationship as well if you if you have a partner in the bedroom with you it will change especially if both of you agree to this idea of no phones i love that so important you know you when you talk about this annie it reminds me of something that stephen covey said he said sometimes people are saw you know, like you see somebody in the woods sawing a log he's kind of using this analogy and somebody comes up to him and says, hey, you know, your saw is kind of, it's kind of dull. Maybe you should sharpen your saw. And the person goes, no, I don't have time. I got to keep, I got to keep sawing. And like, sometimes just taking the time, like you say, have an hour, or maybe I'm just having some silent time or kind of 
at one piece time where I'm thinking through or planning or meditating, whatever it is, that can sharpen the saw enough so that you can do be more productive and have more harmony in your other things because you're not so stressed and in this flight or fight response all day long from calming yes. down to be more efficient, calm down, get away from the distractions so you can be more efficient. That's totally it. And more present, more present to the things that you want to be present for. I love that. Um, so tell me this, you know, you, there was something about confidence that you had mentioned mm -hmm. when we were looking into this. Can you tell me something about how do you build confidence? So um, I have three like quick tips that you can do. If you do them today, you'll build confidence like within today. So number one is write down all your achievements. And this does not need to be like I graduated from school with blah, 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 blah. This can be, I went out of my comfort zone today and I asked a question in the meeting when I would never do that. Or um, I actually turned to the person at Starbucks and smiled and normally I wouldn't even look up in line. Just these, just what did you achieve? What did you do now that you didn't do before? Or what did you do better? Um, and realizing like, hey, I'm actually doing pretty good. Like I thought I was failing this entire week and I've, I've, done, I've had some wins. So number one, acknowledging like everything, you are doing you are doing things big or small um number two is writing down the compliments that you've been given so i keep a running note in my um in my notes app so some of my clients come to me with zero confidence and they say i've never i've never gotten a compliment which like who has never gotten a compliment but if you're in that mindset i understand what i suggest they do is go to a friend or family let them know that you have an assignment what is um what do you like about me what are my strengths that alone will put you out of your comfort zone but it is so beautiful to refer back to these things when you're feeling low especially if someone said something negative to you to open up your phone to read this and realize like actually i am pretty great and even if i don't feel that way someone else thinks i am and then the last one <laughs> is writing a letter to your future self and writing as if everything that you wanted already came true. So I'm so proud of you for writing that book and publishing it on Amazon. I'm so proud of you for taking that family vacation and taking extra days off work when you wouldn't. I'm so proud of you for singing karaoke when normally that's super embarrassing. So writing as if you've already accomplished those things. Right, interesting. So you're actually envisioning what it is you want to have and then giving your acknowledging what you've done. Is that right? And you know, I heard I heard these you talked about comfort zone a lot and I like this this thought. So we have a comfort zone. You know, it's pretty comfortable to lay in bed and look at social media, right? <laughs> it's pretty comfortable to sit on the couch and watch Netflix. That's pretty comfortable. But if I'm going to go out and like do a podcast, for example, that might be a little outside of people's comfort or I'm going to go stretch and, and say hi to, to people I don't know and introduce myself. For some people, that's quite uncomfortable. But the magic, I think, is, is when, you're, when you're strong in those hard moments, your comfort zone can actually grow. So here, it mm. used to be comfortable here. But if you, if you are strong in those hard moments, we say, you know what? I know it's going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to be afraid. That's okay. I'm going to step through it. And I'm going to get into this space where I'm going to go talk to someone I don't know. I'm going to go do a pot, whatever it is. Yeah. That 
then it, after time, your comfort zone, it's not that it gets easier, it's that you get better, right? Like your comfort zone is now bigger because you stretched yourself. And I like that. I think the first step, exactly what you said, where you're like, let's write a letter for what I want to be proud of and then take the steps to go through that. So here you're, you, you made a great suggestion, like you're, you're writing this letter saying, I'm so proud of you for writing the book, but now I actually have to sit down and put my phone away and write for an hour every right. day, the next five months or whatever it is, few, few weeks at least and get it published. And if you can be strong in those hard moments, I think that can help be build confidence as well. And I really like what you said about envisioning, like write a letter to yourself so you can like, where do you want to go? And then be strong in those hard moments. Is that what I'm hearing? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. like get clear on what you want. The reason why most people aren't accomplishing their goals is because they're not even clear on what the goal is, let alone how they're going to get action steps to, mm -hmm. or how they're going to figure out, I should say, action steps to move forward with it. You want to write a book? When do you want to write a book for? What kind of book? A children's book? Do you know anyone that wrote a children's book? Like, have you sure. Googled how to write a children's book? Yeah, I like that. I like that. So <laughs> envisioning what people, envision it what it is, be clear on it, and then make those little steps. Um, you know, that's I love that. I love that. So what do you find is people's biggest as a coach i mean you, you do coaching what do you think people's biggest challenges are i mean what do, what do you see people have as challenges maybe you already mentioned there and then how would you overcome those challenges i'm curious i would say see the thing is that a lot of areas bleed into one another so for example if someone comes to me because of their physical health it can be a more deep rooted of confidence and if we were to address their confidence, their health would get better, but so would their financial situation. And so would, or like, it, it may be that their career gets better. So, so does their financial situation. And so their financial situation gets better. So now they can do a dream vacation. So that one area that we focused on now is enhancing all these other areas in your life that were held back because of this. I don't want to say this tiny thing, because it's not tiny to us, right? If so, it would be easy to accomplish. Um, but this area in our life that if we weren't able to identify, we wouldn't even be addressing it. Right. So you're, you're saying that like, sometimes people think, hey, there's these individual silos, like I have my work life and I have my home life and I have this other thing that I want to do or my financial life or whatever it is. But they're not silos. They're kind of, they're all interconnected. Obviously, your work affects family and family affects your work. And finances affect work and family and think and you're, <laughs> if we do one thing it can help lift all the other areas is what i'm hearing is that right yeah definitely definitely and i think actually one of the first steps is identifying your why so that you're so strong and why am i doing this that you're able to accomplish that one thing that most likely will bleed into other areas right right i like that so you have, so as far as like biggest challenges, identifying what that one area might be that will help lift the other areas where they're struggling and then identifying the why. So we have a real reason for doing it, not just, hey, yeah, it would be nice if I accomplished that. That, that is, that you're, yeah, you're so right. I, I always give the example of like, some people are like, I want to learn another language. How, how long have you wanted to learn another language? Oh, well, since high school and I'm 45. 
how much time have you spent studying another language? Oh, I don't have time to. Okay, that's fine if you want this as your goal. Do you really want to learn another language or does it just sound cool to know more than one language? I think bilingual people and more are amazing. I would love to know another language. I'm not putting the work in to do it though. It's not, I don't have a strong enough why. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like allow yourself to take that pressure off. It's okay to not work on learning two languages. Yes, it sounds great. Sounds great on a resume. Sounds cool for a dinner conversation. But do you really want to do it? <laughs> mm -hmm. And it, and maybe they do, and maybe they don't. If they do, maybe Hi. you know you want to learn Spanish. Maybe you learn. Maybe you move to a Spanish speaking country for a few months and really get immersed in it and really make that goal nice. and, and make it work out. But yeah, right. it's 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 whether or not it's important enough for you. To do. You've got. I, I know somebody. Uh, in fact, my grandfather used to say this this phrase. Used to say, "You gotta wanna." <laughs> yeah. You gotta really wanna. You gotta wanna. It's like one word. Yes. I one of one guy did wanna learn it because he was like, I'm I'm in business. I want to learn Chinese. I want to go to China and, and do mm -hmm. business there. And I'm like, that's a strong why. Financial gain, sure. a better for your family. Um, you want the prestige, like you want the title. Okay, that's a strong why. Let's learn, let's set goals to learn another language. Yep. And then you realize just to be patient with yourself because learning another language may take months, it may take years, possibly, where you have to like really put in the time, really learn, get people around you who are speaking it, practice, be willing to to mess it up quite a bit while you're learning and keep going, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I love that. Well, this is great. So if you had one piece of advice for some, for, for, for our listeners here, is there anything that you feel like you could share that would say, Hey, this is one thing that I would really like you to know. Um, definitely. It is, it is um, spend your time focusing on what you can control and releasing the things you cannot control. And whenever stressed out or whenever considering something, a problem, ask yourself, what can I control? Cause most most people spend way more time concentrating on the things they cannot control. Wow, so profound, Danny. I love that. I love that. That's oh, cool. so profound. You know, if I'm worried about the weather, can't do much about that. If I'm sitting there focusing on my past, sorry, the past is it's pretty inflexible. <laughs> but what can I do today, right? I mean, what can I do today? You know, if I'm overweight or I'm I'm wanting to learn a new language. Well, I can do something today. I can go listen to a class or I can go exercise or start eating right today or whatever it is I'm going to yes. do. Focus on what I can do now. Don't worry about what I can't. So profound. Something that's such a yeah. good, good, good principle to know. Thank you, Annie. Great. Thank you. Glad it resonated. Um, well, I appreciate you being on the show here today. Thank you so much. If people want to get a hold of you, um, I know there's a Calendly link we could put in the uh, uh in the show notes. Is there, an, is there mm -hmm. any other way people can get a hold of you if they'd like to? Um, I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, but I, I believe going to my website and contacting me through there would be the easiest. Yeah. What is your website? Um, my first and last name.com. So Annie D E L R E.com. Annie, A-N-N-I-E-D-E-L-R-E.com. You can reach Annie here. She's a health and wellness coach. And feel free to reach out to her. Annie, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing your wisdom and ideas with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah. 
and have a great day. Well, and feel free to reach out to any 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 of those who are listening now.